Hi, my name is Mary. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And I am in recovery for codependency to a chemical addict and anger. Hi. Will you guys pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, I can't thank you enough for helping me walk through these doors. What I've learned through this program and how you've led me through all these destructive patterns I've had, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for just bringing me here. And after eight years, being able to stand here and be able to give my testimony, it's your testimony, Lord. It's all that you've done in my life, and I couldn't have done it without you. In your name I pray, amen. amen. My life began in Augsburg, Germany, where I was born. My father was in the U.S. Army, and my mother was a full-time mother of five, four boys and me, and I was the only girl, the youngest, and very spoiled. Most of my family lit, was born in New York, and I spent most of my childhood summers in New York. At age three, we relocated to El Paso, Texas, where my family settled for the next 15 years of my life. My parents were very strict, and we did what we were told when we were told. I always thought I came from a good family, and I thought the rage and angriness that I grew up around was normal. It was not until I entered these doors of recovery that I realized my childhood affected my behaviors today. I was raised Catholic, and we were required to attend church every Sunday by my parents, but I hardly remember them attending with us. I would accept invitations to my friends' churches, and the teachings were very different from what I grew up knowing. I was confused and had no idea what was right. I was easily convinced to accept the altar call at every church, and almost every Sunday I accepted Jesus as my Savior. My father retired from the military and worked nights at Southern Pacific Railroad. He was a daily drinker from the time he got off work at 8 a.m. till early afternoon. Many times my father would come home intoxicated, and I remember the uncontrolled anger towards my mother and I. My father would get so angry I was fearful that he would hurt my mother or even me. When my father was sober, he was a joker and always made us laugh. When I was able to drive, he would give me money to get rid of me for the day so that he could watch his sports. He would say, here's some money, go to the mall or something. I learned early in life how to hide and isolate from stressful, uncomfortable situations, which is, which is how I dealt with most of my troubled, difficult areas of my life once I became an adult. I had no idea this behavior of anger would be who I would become as an adult. I learned how to stuff these areas of my life and never talk about them until CR. My mother was a stay-at-home mom who kept our house immaculate, loved to work in the yard, and in my opinion was the best cook. We had home-cooked meals every day and she enforced the homework and chores before fun. She always stood by me, good and bad, and many times she would protect me by hiding my sins from my father to keep peace in our home. When she was disappointed in me, she would tell me, just wait till you have kids. I hope they give you twice the fold you gave me. This is a statement that I carried with me most of my life, and until CR, I believe I deserved what I got. I wasn't very popular in high school, and swimming was my life passion. I tried to be a cheerleader, then a cape twirler, trying to get that status of popularity and approval 
that I admired from many of the girls at the school, but the only thing I was good at was swimming. During summers, I would teach military children how to swim and volunteered at the YMCA youth camp. I considered myself a pretty good kid until my senior year. I had broken some swim records and was featured in the local newspaper. Considering my school was, had only 500 students, any time your name was in the paper, it was a big deal. That started my popularity. Invites to parties became lies to my parents of where I was actually going, drinking, playing spin the bottle, smoking cigarettes, and using bad language. I met my first husband in my senior year, who was a year older, graduated, and had his own apartment, not to mention old enough to buy alcohol for me and my friends. Little did I know this would be the beginning of my party cycle. I became pregnant shortly after dating for six months, and all I could think about is how mad my parents would be if they found out, so I had an abortion. We got married two weeks before I graduated. My dad was so disappointed, he refused to attend our courthouse wedding and small reception and did not talk or allow me to come to the house for several months. We lived very poor, and most of our marriage was filled with both physical and verbal abuse. Several times I was locked in our bedroom as punishment. We moved to Modesto, California, where his parents lived in hopes to find a new start. I became extremely sick, losing extreme weight that the doctors attributed it to emotional stress, only to find out I was four months pregnant. I did not want to get an abortion, but because of the medication and x-rays in the early stages of my pregnancy, the doctor told me my baby would probably have physical and mental disabilities, so I had an abortion. Although I know God has forgiven me for the abortions, I still struggle and today, I'm working through forgiving myself. The abuse got worse, and I left many times, only to be convinced to come back. Although things were better for a little while, it was not long before the old behavior surfaced again. I became pregnant with my son Christopher. We moved to Concord, California for a better paying job, but the rent was so expensive, we lived in our car until we saved enough money. It wasn't easy bathing and experiencing morning sickness in the bathroom at McDonald's. When Chris was born, I knew it wasn't just about me anymore. All I can think about is how to get us out of this abusive relationship. My husband lost his job, so we moved back to Modesto, California. I worked two jobs stashing money to get us out. My final breaking point was coming home from work at nine, at nine o'clock at night to a crying baby grasping for air alone in his crib. Two months later, Valentine's 1986, we left and never went back. As a single mother, the first few years were very, very rough. And I found myself having to work a lot to provide and not being there very much for my son. A lot of the times my son was left alone to raise himself because I could not afford the childcare. I struggled financially, which added a lot of stress, which I took out on my son with anger. And I wish someone could have prepared me for the difficulties of raising a son alone and the trials I would face of raising a teenager. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you, 1 Peter 5, 7. I never imagined the pain, I, I never imagined the pain could hurt so bad knowing your loved one became a chemical addict. 
I blamed myself that I must have not been a very good mother, so I did everything I could to help my loved one get off drugs. This news devastated me, so I began smoking marijuana, drinking on a daily basis, hoping it would numb, block the pain and hurt I felt. It was a perfect mask for what I was going through. My job went out of business, so I accepted a job as a bartender until something better came along. The money was good, I made a lot of friends, and I was surviving, so I never looked for another job and continued working this job for nine and a half years. It was easier for me to listen to other people's problems than concentrate on my own. My partying escalated down the stairs in his house, passing out, being taken via ambulance, in a, via ambulance to the hospital. I had broken both my wrists, and one wrist was a compound fracture. When I woke up from surgery, I will never forget the words that came out of my son's mouth. Are you done yet? Was I? I was so ashamed and broken inside and out. My best friend had to move from Ventura to take care of me because I literally could not do anything with two casts on my arms. Words cannot express how grateful I am for her friendship. Thank you for being there for me when I needed you the most. Throughout this time, apart from dealing with my chaos, my heart was heavy with my loved one's addiction. I tried so hard to find a way to help with my loved one's addiction. It, is, it consumed my thoughts. I couldn't talk to anyone about it, especially my family, because I felt no one would understand or could know what I was going through. Or even worse, I would be judged. I felt I failed as a mother to allow this to happen. I was really good at making everyone believe that my life was perfect. On the outside, I looked like I had it all together, but on the inside, I was broken. I could not understand how I could give so much and not get the results I wanted. I was the enabler that would give him the money so I did not have to deal with the problem and he would just disappear for a while, much like my dad did to get rid of me. I was lost, I stopped caring, I hated who I was, I felt rage, unhappiness, and hatred towards myself and others. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Psalms 146, because he gave me the man I am married to today, my husband, my best friend, Michael. <laughs> he truly was a blessing and opened my heart to God again. When Mike and I were dating, we would al he would always change my radio station to K-Love, and I would always have to change it back. Sometimes I would forget, and the music started to speak to me, and I began to realize what was missing in my life. My husband, Mike, attended a concert here at Big Valley and said that he had heard of a ministry called Celebrate Recovery and that maybe we should take my loved one there. My hope was that this would be the answer to his chemical addiction, and I could finally find the solution to this problem. The three of us attended, and although this did not become the ministry for him, I continually attended CR every week, reminding myself, I'm only here to find an answer to my loved one's addiction because I was not an addict and I did not need CR. <laughs> <laughs> Although working as a bartender and depending on daily drinks to help me cope with life, I did not feel I was deserving of God's love. <laughs> However, God revealed to me that I too had some hurts, habits, and hang-ups and more specifically, this thing called codependency. So I continually attended to see what else God would reveal. 
at first. I only attended large group for a while, but eventually I made it an open share group. It was in those rooms that I felt for the first time that I could break my silence because through the women sharing, I realized that I was not alone. There were others who were experiencing the same hurt I had of a loved one with a chemical addiction. While in the group, I heard about these tools that others who had been attending for a while, so I decided to get into a step study to learn more about that. While I was in the step study, I was still bartending, was often depressed, felt hopeless, angry, and still looking for the answer of how to fix his problems. I I spent many nights thinking about the unknowns, who he was with, what he was doing, obsessively following him on my iPhone app, only to realize I was creating the problem within myself. I was fueling the thoughts in my head and allowing them to stay captive there. My loved one moved in with us several occasions, which added a lot of friction to our household and my marriage. Many times we kicked him out, and other times he left on his own. I would lose sleep and worry where he was, if he was hungry or cold, or if he was safe. This consumed my thoughts, especially when he was homeless living in his car. I just wanted my loved one to live a normal life. I just wanted him to be fixed. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. I remember hearing some quotes in CR that have always stuck with me. Nothing changes if nothing changes and hurt people hurt people. And this hurt caused me to inflict pain on my husband and my my stepsons, which when I hurt, I drank, causing me to say things that really hurt the ones I love most, trying to destroy everything good in my life. Guess that's why they say, hurt people hurt people. I was hurt and I was broken. Going through my first step study was the most amazing experience, and the women I shared the journey with will always have a special part, special place in my heart. I knew in order for this to work and to allow God to make a difference in my life, I had to make a commitment and change who I was. I quit drinking and started facing my issues without any crutch to numb the pain. The most rewarding experience was finishing my inventory. I will never forget that day, August 15th, 2015. Everyone was gone for the weekend, so I was alone, just listening to Christian music. I remembered Flawless by Mercy Me was playing in the background. So I was reviewing my written inventory, feeling very disappointed in the person I had allowed myself to become. I decided to go to 6 p.m. service at Big Valley. The sermon was God is Love. Pastor Rick talked about God's unconditional love and forgiveness, that no matter what we have done, God loves and forgives. Tears started rolling down my cheek. How could I be deserving of God's love or forgiveness? So I bowed my head and I prayed to God, begging him to forgive me for the person I had become and invited him to come into my life and into my heart and to lead me on a better path for my life. Finally, I understood and I accepted Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. I could feel God's overwhelming forgiveness and I knew he was always there during those dark areas of my life. I just never realized it. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. Psalms 18:16. Right about this time, I decided to quit as a bartender. 
God delivered me from depending on alcohol I used as a coping mechanism and helped me lean on him and his word for comfort. I have been coming to CR for eight years. The most rewarding experience was a freedom I received from my inventory, leaving my old life behind and beginning my new life with my heavenly father by my side. An example of how the step study of inventory an example of how the step of inventory has impacted my life is, you see, my mother fell and broke her hip, and my brother Bob moved her to Florida after selling her house. Everything she owned and, and oh, after selling her house, everything she owned and leaving behind her Yorkie. This caused me to have a great deal of resentment against him. She fell again two days after arriving and was in a coma before deciding it was time to let her go. It happened so fast, I never even got to say goodbye. Her dog died the same day, over 1,600 miles away. This was a resentment that I had had to deal with in my inventory, learning to forgive and remove all the hate that had clouded my heart. Forgiving my brother allowed God to remove that hurt and heal that pain. In 2017, my brother passed, and per his request not to notify my family, therefore we learned of his passing two years later. I am grateful that God has healed my heart and broke the chains of resentment and hurt so I could forgive my brother. I have an amazing sponsor who has helped me to find worth in Christ and has, found, has shown me through scriptures God's wisdom for my life. She has also helped me grow closer to God and to let go and let God. I will forever be thankful God put her in my life. My relationship with my loved one is much better, and I have learned that I need to get out of God's way and to just love, pray, and support him right where he's at. Before CR, I was full of anger and rage. I carried guilt and shame over his choices and decisions. Through recovery, I learned that his choices and decisions are his that I had no control over them or no reason to carry guilt or shame. I had to accept the things I cannot change and learn to change the things I can. This new love looked like not focusing on his addiction and focusing on building a relationship with him. When I see him, our conversations are no longer about treatment or planning his recovery for him, but they become more about sharing life with him right where he's at. Once I learned to surrender him, pray for him, and trust in God, and realize that he loves him even more than I ever could, in God's timing, he answered my prayers, and my loved one has 60 days clean and has accepted Christ as a Savior. <laughs> then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen, Jeremiah 29, 12. Since I have attended CR and became a part of the family at Big Valley, I have served in the CR bookstore offering, greeting, been part of the women's Bible study, Mom's Next Ministry, completed a step study, a Journey's Continue step study, facilitated small group, facilitated a step study of some amazing women, and currently facilitating another step study. I am committed to Bible readings, devotions, journaling, and daily prayer. I am very blessed to sponsor two amazing women who have trusted me to share their hurts and habits, and I am so thankful God put them in my life. I love the friendship we have built and the time we spend together. 
I am so thankful that God has revealed to me the person I was without him and the renewed person I am because of him. I never imagined that coming to CR would change my life, but it did. <coughs> I am very thankful for the CR ministry for giving me the tools to help with my hurts, habits, and hangups and making me feel like I belong and I'm not alone. I am truly blessed with an amazing, caring, supportive husband who was always there for me during my struggles. Thank you for praying with me and for me and helping me grow closer to God. I am so glad God gave me you. I love you so much. To my son, Chris, I love you, and I cannot wait to see what God's plans are for you. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. Psalms 116.7. God has blessed me with two amazing stepsons, Ryan and Justin. I thank them for forgiving me, understanding, and accepting me to be a part of, our, part of their life. God delivered me out of my addictions I used to max my hurts, and he showed me that my past does not define who I am today. Thank you, God, for never giving up on me, loving me, and forgiving me. I love living life with you. To the newcomer, keep coming back. Set a reminder on your phone. Get into a step study and stay committed to the end. Set your radio to K-Love and don't change it. <laughs> You are not alone. Your journey begins here. Thank you for letting me share. Mary, thank you for sharing your story with us. Like she said, she is here regularly. So if uh, her story touched your heart and... Uh, you want to go up and give her some words of encouragement, I encourage you to do so. Um, one more thing before we close with the serenity prayer is I forgot. If you are a veteran and you're interested in that evening, um, let me buy you dessert tonight. So meet me at the dessert table. I'll buy you dessert and love to have a conversation with you. But let's close our time with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen. Amen.